Good morning. My name is Graham Cowgill. If we haven't met, it's because you're old. I'm the student ministries pastor, so I just deal with <laughs> junior high and high schoolers. So very nice to meet you guys. Uh, it's been an interesting morning, really interesting morning and a long week. Hasn't it just been a long week? Everyone that I've talked to is like, I'm just exhausted. I'm tired. It's been a long week. So I want to make sure that we start this morning just in prayer. First, first thing that we do. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, Hmm. This time is yours. Would you speak to each one of your children here? Would you speak? Today, let this be your words here. That you would give a unique, a specific message to every one of us, something different than the person sitting next to us. We would take away from today what you want us to know about you. We trust that you're going to speak. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been in this series called Listen. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, this series has made me hyper aware of how little listening I actually do, you know? Isn't it crazy how devalued listening is this day and age compared to 20, 30, 40 years ago? It's unbelievable. It is such a waning characteristic of society. Nobody cares about listening anymore, right? Nobody calls. You make texts or emails now. If you've flown in a plane, you don't get in a conversation with the person next to you. You put on your headphones and you watch a movie. Listening, nobody cares about listening. I, was, I had a travel day about a month and a half ago, and uh, I had a morning flight, then I had a layover, then I had an afternoon flight. And in the layover, during that time, I had just a little bit of time, and so I spent that time just kind of praying, talking, listening to God. And he gave me this phrase, and when I say he gave me this phrase, it wasn't like a post-it note flew down from heaven or, you know, he spelled it in my alphabet soup or something. Um, I was just sitting there thinking, and God, he just put this, this thought in me. I could just tell it was from God. It was very relevant. It wasn't from me, and God just kind of infused me with this thought. And the thought was, he said, we are either trying to prove ourselves to people or we are listening and learning from people typically. We're either trying to prove ourselves to people or we're listening and learning from people. The reason it was relevant was because the flight that I had that morning was one of the most catastrophic social nightmares of my life. I don't have social meltdowns that often. This was a whopper. So I sit next to this guy, well-dressed man. I sit down and I don't know what wave of insecurity came over me. I don't know what the heck happened. But I am not exaggerating when I say the first 30 minutes of this flight, I am just trying to prove to this guy that I deserve to exist, pretty much. It was awful. I'm bragging about myself. I'm talking about the ministry. I'm talking about my home life, you know. I'm bringing up, like, spelling bee championships from the third grade. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. And this guy's just politely nodding, like, and then eventually I didn't even notice he put his headphones on. I was like, maybe that's why we wear headphones, so we don't have to look, listen to idiots like me ramble about themselves. But, but I realized that I, I'm just totally like turning this guy off trying to prove myself. So during the layover, God gently speaks this phrase to me, right? And then the next flight, my posture was totally different, totally different, dramatically different. Just for a second, I thought, Graham, would you just shut up? Would you just listen to what this person has to say? Listen and learn from this person. And it was a dramatically different flight. And actually, 
pretty cool. This guy was really interesting. And by the end of the flight, this guy and I were praying for his son, who's going to be the NFL draft the next week. Yeah, cool situation. The point is, is that there's something about listening that's unnerving. We don't do it naturally. It's not like our default reaction. Nobody here just naturally listens well. We don't listen. And I think the reason is, is because listening requires us to relinquish control. Right? We have to give up control when we listen. We are no longer in the driver's seat when we listen. Somebody else is driving. We have to let go of the reins. And that's terrifying. It's terrifying not to be in control. And so the main problem with humans listening is that we somehow still try to control the situation while we're listening, which is a recipe for disaster. Everybody here has been in a conversation with somebody who isn't talking but is still somehow controlling the conversation. You know what I'm talking about? Stephen Covey, in his book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says this, most people do not listen with the intent to understand they listen with the intent to reply. And that's us. Everything is about us. We try to govern even conversations, control and govern conversations. So we've been in a series called Listen, and we're talking about what it looks like to listen to God. What does it look like to listen to God? And the funny thing is, is that we still, in the idea of listening to God, bring in this human element of control. We want to control how we listen to God. We want to control how God speaks. We want to control when he speaks, right? God, I'm a morning person, okay? You know, you designed me. And if you're going to say something to me, it's welcome, but you need to get it in before 8 a.m., okay? That would be great. If it's not in by 8 a.m., it's not going to get in. Or we want to control how long God speaks for. I was thinking about this the other day. What if I sat my son down? It'd have to be in a couple years. But what if I sat my son down and said, Gage, son, I just want to tell you what all I've been praying for, for you. I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you what your mom and I are excited for with you. And I want to give you some things that you can apply today in your life that is going to make your life infinitely better and draw you closer to me in this father-son relationship. Engage, my son goes, wow, dad, oh, awesome. Yeah, man, that sounds great. All right, you got two minutes, right? That's, that's what we do. We want to control how long God speaks. We want to control what God talks about. I'm guilty of this. Maybe you've been there. God, I've got a busy week, really busy week, okay? And uh, I've got a couple things that I would love for you to just speak maybe some miraculous nuggets into that would help me out. And if you have some other things to say that don't have to do with that, that's great, but let's not waste each other's time. It can, you know, you can do that some other time. We want to control what God is speaking to us. Maybe there are people in here who aren't interested in God. Maybe you got dragged here. You don't even know how you ended up here. You're not interested in God. And for those of you guys, you definitely want to control what God speaks, right? Because you say, oh man, if God is real, if God exists and he knows about my life, he even knows my thoughts. I don't want to hear some lecture about what a turd I am, right? <laughs> high school pastor, you can say turd in high school. <laughs> and so if, if, you're, if you're in that category, you say, yeah, you can speak, God. I'm willing to have you speak, but there are some topics that are off limits. 
<clears throat> in this series, listen, I just want to let you guys know, if you've been here for five years, okay, you've been coming to Mariners AP for five, maybe this is your first day, I just want to level the playing field. We are all in this together. We are all in this together. Every one of us is on a journey to hear God's voice better. Every single person in here. And God is constantly speaking to us. He is constantly speaking to his children. And the message when God speaks is not a message of you're an idiot or guilt or shame. When God speaks, his message is to tell you how loved you are. When God speaks, it's to draw you to himself. When God speaks, it's to um, guide you down this fulfilling life that he's designed you for. God is constantly speaking, and we're all just learning to hear God's voice better. Last week, Caleb talked about listening with our eyes. He talked about scripture, the Bible, about how it's God-breathed words and truth and wisdom that is relevant for our lives now, today, we're going to talk about a way that God speaks, a way that we listen that is every bit as supernatural as God is. Today, we're going to talk about listening to your gut, about how God speaks to your gut, because God is constantly speaking. He is constantly talking, and sometimes he doesn't even use words. He wants to constantly speak to his children. Now, for today, we're going to kind of walk through this visual. I know you guys were wondering if I was going to do a magic trick up here. I'm not. Um, and the goal is hopefully today you will find yourself in one of these categories. Can you guys see that? One of these categories, okay? You're going to identify with one of these jars. And we're going to look at what is true. What does God say is true about each category, true about you in each of these phases, and how is God speaking to your gut in each one of these phases. Before we get started, I just want to make sure everybody knows, no matter what jar you're in, you are not more special than anybody else in any other jar. Okay? <laughs> or you are not worse than anybody else in any other jar. God is very, very clear that he says every single person in here, every single person that's born and created is the image bearer of God. That you have God's thumbprint on your life. And scripture says that you are fully loved by God. There's nothing you can do for God to love you any less. There's nothing that you can do for God to love you any more. You are fully designed, created, and fully loved by God. So let's just clear the air there, okay, before we get started. So this first group on the right, on stage right, is we're going to call this jar closed. Closed. Now, maybe you know somebody in this jar. Maybe this is you this morning. The closed jar, this is representing the people who are not open to God. You are not interested in God. You are not available. You, you don't care. On your best days, you're apathetic, but more realistically, you're, you're resistant to the idea of God. You're doing things your own way, and you don't care. Maybe you've been hurt, and now you're in this closed jar. I want to tell you, if you are here today and you're in the closed jar, I want to let you know that God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. He is giving you feelings, promptings, beckonings, drawings in your gut to bring you to him. Even though you're not available, even though you're doing your own thing, God is beckoning you. 
He is speaking to your gut. And he wants to ask you a question this morning. He's just saying, very simply, would you be willing to consider, if you're in this jar, if you're closed, would you be willing to consider that there is a truth that you can know if you look for it? Would you be willing to consider that there is something bigger than you? I don't need you to jump to super Christian. I don't need you to put a fish bumper sticker on your car and wear Jesus is my homeboy hat, right? (laughs) Very simply, would you be willing today, would you be willing today for God just to take you from this closed position, this hurting closed position, very simply, be open to God. Be willing to consider that there is a truth, that there is something bigger than yourself. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God is drawing you with kindness. Not to tell you that you're a stooge and that you've blown it and that you're an idiot with guilt and shame. He's drawing you with his kindness and mercy, saying very simply today, would you be willing to flip? Now the second category, we're going to call this category open. Okay, open. Maybe you are in this category. Maybe you know somebody in this category. Now, people in the open category are open. They're available. They're willing to to say there's something bigger than me. They're not trusting God. They're not following God with their life, but they're available, right? They're willing. Typically, excuse me, typically people in this jar are very, very tired, are very tired. And not physically tired, but just spiritually and emotionally exhausted. Because in this jar, you start to realize you're up. You're like, I've been designed for something. I've been created to be used. I have a specific design. I'm starting to realize that maybe I'm made for something more than myself. And because of that, you try to fill your life with things. What a tiring life. You try to fill it and and fulfill and satisfy yourself with with status and job title and and money and sex and relationships. And it's exhausting. God is speaking to you. God is prompting you. God is speaking to your gut, usually at the most inopportune times. Usually when you're at those parties, the furthest from God. God. And I'll just speak to your gut. And he's saying something very simple. Would you be willing today, if you are open, not following Jesus, but if you're in this category, would you be willing to accept, willing to consider that you have been created to be loved? You have been created to be loved. God, he sent his son, Jesus, to earth. Jesus was born as a baby, grew up to be a man, and and the Bible says that Jesus was fully man and fully God. Fully man, fully God. And yes, Jesus taught in his life, but the reason that Jesus came to earth was because he was put to death, he hung on a cross, he was put to death to take the punishment for everything that we have done wrong in our lives. All of our moments of independence, all of our moments of independence in the face of God, that Jesus at that moment of his death took them upon himself. 
And because of that, because of Jesus' death, that separation that was there, that disconnect, that gap has been bridged. And so when God is speaking to your gut in this category, he's telling you very simply, there's a reason why you're unsatisfied. There's a reason why you're restless. There's a reason why you're looking. There's a reason why you're tired. It's because you've been created to be loved. You've been created to be reunited with your Father. And He is going to prompt you and pull at you and speak to your gut just very simply to say, All, what I want you to do is to stop trying, stop looking to yourself, and just say, I give up, I surrender. God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want forgiveness. I don't want to be defined by my independence. Lord, I want your forgiveness to define me. I want to be called yours. When that happens, you go from this jar of striving and trying to this jar. We're going to call this jar saved. Maybe you've heard that term before, saved. Um, saved is simply saying before you were defined by your independence. Now you are defined by God's forgiveness and grace. Okay, so this is going to represent God's forgiveness, God's grace, right? This is now what is true about you. This is now how you're known. This is now what defines you. This is your life. There is no escaping it. You have God's forgiveness completely in you. When God speaks to you in the saved category, when he's speaking to you, he's typically saying in those moments when you just feel like you can't go on, when life is the hardest, when you feel like, I don't even know if I can make it to the next day, God speaks to you through your gut and reminds you who you are. He reminds you what's true about you. He says, this is not you. You are, you are forgiven. You are my child. You're created to be loved. You are reunited with your father. That's what's true. There's another thing that God speaks to these last two jars, which is what I want to talk about for a little bit. It's kind of the meat and potatoes of today's sermon. There's something that is given to these last two jars I want to talk about. I think it's the most beautiful, most powerful component of giving our lives to Christ. Before we talk about it, quick story. I had a bully in junior high, okay? I got bullied. I was not always the statuesque man that stands before you now, all right? I was actually an aesthetic nightmare in junior high. I was 5'7 in third grade. My true story, my shoe size went with my age till I was 17. I had a fully grown Adam's apple. I was just weird. I looked like a college mascot, pretty much, walking through the hallways of my school. So I had a bully, so I had, so I deserved a bully, obviously. <laughs> and every day this bully would pick on me and we'd have this lap around the track during PE and he'd always pull my pants down on the lap around the track, that was awesome. Um, in the cafeteria, he would knock my drink over and he'd knock me down in the hallway. And what I remember the most about this guy is that he wore a Phil Collins t-shirt I don't know how you pull off being a bully and wearing a Phil Collins t-shirt, but this guy pulled it off. It was this Phil Collins no jacket required shirt. He wore this thing like almost every single day. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I grew up hating Phil Collins, <laughs> like hating Phil Collins, because this kid represented Phil Collins. And I was like, it might as well be 
old Philly C pulling my pants down on the track out there, right? I hate this guy. Now that I'm grown, I realize he's unbelievable. Another Day in Paradise is the best song ever. Tarzan soundtrack, he's the greatest human of all time. But at the time, I hated Phil Collins. The thing that is given to these last two jars, the thing that is given when we give our lives to Christ, when we say, I want to be defined as forgiven, is we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit. The reason I told that story is because I think for a lot of us, we have kind of the same reaction to the Holy Spirit. We've been abused by somebody in our lives. We've been mistreated by somebody in our lives. Somebody's crossed the line, done something uber weird, and they were representing the Holy Spirit. They were wearing the Holy Spirit t-shirt, right? And so now when somebody says Holy Spirit, you're like, nope, nope, weird, not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not available for that. And what I want us to do today, just for today, can we put our preconceptions to the side of the Holy Spirit, everything that's been done to you in the guise of the Holy Spirit, put it all, all aside, and can we just very simply look at the truth of who or what is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit want for our lives? Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about the Holy Spirit, okay? And let me just go ahead and tell you, the Holy Spirit is not, you know, may the force be with you. That's, that's not it. It's not some cosmic blue mist or something. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is actually the third person that makes up God. I don't know if you've heard the term Trinity, but Trinity refers to the three persons that make up God. God exists in relationship, and each part is fully God with a different role. There's God the Father, who is fully God. There's God the Son, Jesus, who came to earth, who died for us, who is fully God. And there's God the Holy Spirit, who is fully God. He's a third person of the Trinity. And so this idea that when we make that decision to go from this cup of striving to say, God be the Lord of my life, I want to be forgiven, I want to be defined by what Jesus did, not by what I've done, and you go here, it says that we are actually sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. You, you, you don't lose that. There's no exception the Holy Spirit, actually it says that we are, kind of big word here, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is this. Now, that is a big deal. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, when he was talking to his disciples, he said, look, I'm going to get out of here. Okay, I'm bailing. But it is better that I go because the Holy Spirit, the third person of God, God is going to be with you 24-7. He will never leave you. He's going to be guiding you. That's what's available. It's a big deal. Um, if I told you, hey, next week, uh, we have a guest speaker here at Mariner's HB. Uh, Jesus is actually going to be here next week. I'm just betting that you would clear your calendar to be there, right? We'd probably pack eight services in the Staples Center if that was true. We have to realize what a big deal it is to have the third person of the Trinity, fully God, in us, 24-7, speaking to us and guiding us and counseling us and encouraging us. That's a big deal. And as soon as that happens, as soon as you surrender your life, every single person is indwelt, contains, houses the Holy Spirit 
in um, 1 Corinthians 6.19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Okay? So we house, we harbor, we contain the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a difference between these last two jars. Okay? Difference between these last two jars. Every single person who makes that decision, who goes from jar two to jar three, is indwelt with the Holy Spirit. He is now speaking in your life. And there's no exception. But the Bible does make a distinct difference that there is indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And then it says that we are all called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are all called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to do a little illustration here, okay? Holy Spirit today is going to be represented by Alka-Seltzer, a little product placement. Um, so every single person upon that decision, right, upon following Jesus with your life, is indwelt with the Holy Spirit. The Alka-Seltzer is clearly in the water, right? Everybody can see that. But we are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as it does its thing, Ephesians 5.18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. There's a difference when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Our speech, when we're filled with the Spirit, starts to reflect the character of God. Our actions start to reflect the character of God. Our passions and our desires and our life's direction starts to reflect the desires and the character of God. We are called, called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is important. The Holy Spirit is already speaking in your life. It's already speaking in your life. Holy Spirit is already guiding you, already encouraging you, already coaching you in your life. All we have to do, all we have to do is simply, like my plane ride, shut up and listen. We have to shut up and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. His desire is for you to live that fulfilled life that you've been designed to live. That's what he wants for your life. So when we silence ourselves and listen to the promptings and respond to the promptings of our Holy Spirit, our life is influenced. The dynamics of our life are changed. We are changed by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just going to tell you, me, as a human man, I desire, I desire for my life to be lived here. I do. Man, I really do. I really strongly spent a night last night with, with Rick. We were talking, and man, I desire to be a good husband. I desire to be a good father. I really do. I desire for my words to be uplifting. I desire that. And so every day I get up, and I have my things that are planned, and I try really, really hard. So this is my life. right? Every day, I'm setting new things up. Maybe I have accountability groups, whatever it is. Every single day is a new challenge, and I say, I'm going to be the best husband I can. And I try really hard, and inevitably it comes back down. 
and I get frustrated. Maybe it's a day, maybe half a day, and I say, I want this to last. So I try really hard, and maybe my words are edifying for a month, but it always comes back down. The reason is, is because my life, the things that I do are filled with what I bring to the table. This is filled with Graham. This is Graham's air. I want my life to reflect a supernatural goodness. There is no way that my life will reflect a supernatural goodness if I'm filling it with what I bring to the table, right? Pink was the only color we could find. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, guys, when instead of us striving and trying, when we just allow the Holy Spirit to do what it's doing and we listen to the promptings, we respond to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to, our lives look dramatically different. And it's not us trying hard. It's very simply that our lives are not ours. We listen to what the Holy Spirit is already prompting and our lives look dramatically different. And it's not effort. It's not effort by us. It's just listening and letting the Holy Spirit do what he's doing. Look at Galatians 5, through 23. This is what I desire for my life to look like. If I would just shut up and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's what the Holy Spirit desires for your life. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. He's just asking very simply, would you take a step? Would you listen to your gut, the promptings that God has given you, and respond? Now we're going to try something a little bit different here. We're actually going to give you guys space to shut up and listen. And uh, we're going to take some time just listening, just asking the Holy Spirit a question and listening to what he says in response. So, Jairus, the guys up here are going to play. And I want you guys just to take a little bit of time. And the first thing I want you to ask, very simply, just say, Holy Spirit, is there something that you want to say to me about my last week? Take just a little bit of time. you ask the Holy Spirit, say, just Holy Spirit, is there anything you'd like to speak to me about my next six months?
would ask the Holy Spirit this morning, Holy Spirit, is there anything that I need to add to or take away from my life? ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything that you want to speak to me today about my family? Trust that he's going to speak. He's prompting something in you. Ask him about your family. Spirit is speaking to you. I don't know what he's prompting in you today. I don't know what he's wrestling in your gut, whether it's words or phrases of bringing up a person, a direction, a decision, but the Holy Spirit desires what's best for you. Maybe it's the cup example. Maybe you find yourself in one of those jars and he's just prompting you to take that next step. Whatever it is, don't ignore Don't ignore the Holy Spirit. He loves you. He has your best interests in mind. He wants to connect you with God. As we pray, would you just simply hold out your hands? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We trust you. Holy Spirit, would you speak boldly? We are sorry for ignoring what you've prompted. We want our lives to look differently. We want the peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. We want our lives to reflect God's goodness. We're done talking. We just want to listen to what you're saying to us. Listen to the way that God loves us. Beckon us to yourself today. For the rest of the week, be bold and speak. Bring up at different times during our workday just the times when we are self-focused and we can stop and give you room, availability to speak into our life because we trust you. We trust that you are God and we are not. Our hands are open. We are no longer holding on. We're, We're no longer clenched. We are open to receive what you have for us. We're in a posture of receiving and surrender this morning, God. Speak to us clearly. Speak to us boldly. Give us the courage to follow after what you're prompting. You desire our life, all of our life, every bit of our life. We want to give it to you because we're tired of trying ourselves. We are so tired. We are so fatigued of trying to fill our life with our own stuff. Fill us today with a supernatural goodness. Let's stand together and let's respond to God.